breathing the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we are going to tell you the truth, give you the facts, because we want you to be better informed and inspired to do something to help make this a better United States of America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Our man on the front lines, Jamie Dupree out of Washington, D.C. Hey, Herman, got back here, saw my family. They actually let me in the door, so that was a good start to get home for a few days. And uh, then I'm going to head down to South Carolina. We actually have a little news at this hour here on the uh, the election front. There is a, a group of... Uh, members of the Congressional Black Caucus who are just convening right at this hour for a news conference here uh, in D.C. in which they're going to publicly endorse and embrace Hillary Clinton. So some of her supporters in the Congress beginning to run to her support uh, with, uh, obviously, it's a difficult time right now uh, in the Clinton campaign and with tonight's debate uh, that becomes even more of an issue for her. This is one of the the pre-scheduled debates. You know, we talked about for months how the uh, the Democrats had organized their debates and you would be in a place like Iowa for your final debate in November. That didn't make much sense. In New Hampshire in December. That didn't make much sense. Well, tonight's debate is in Milwaukee. The primary in Wisconsin is not until April 5th. So uh, the, the people there in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin getting a look at the two Democrats but won't be voting about them for almost two months. Still, it's a big debate in the wake of uh, Bernie Sanders' big win uh, this week in New Hampshire, and obviously with Nevada and South Carolina coming up for the Democrats, we'll see what Hillary Clinton does. There's a lot of uh, thought that, uh, you know, look, uh, maybe we'll see a little scorched earth tonight from Hillary Clinton. We'll see. Well, one of the headlines that I looked at earlier was Hillary Kemp recognizes that she needs to sharpen her message. How are you going to sharpen a message that can't be sharpened? I mean... It's all of the same old fluff that she's always done. And uh, the debate tonight, as you know, you know, I personally am not optimistic. Let's go back to this Black Caucus thing, Congressional yeah. Black Caucus. They, in my opinion, now you can't say this, but I can. You can. Okay. I, uh, the, <laughs> I think a, I know what's coming, but yes, you are the one who can say this make, and not make me. Make a note. I can say this. They are trying to pander to gullible black people. And you heard it here, folks, on the Herman Cain Show. They are trying to pounder to gullible black people to prop up Hillary Clinton when she is not a great candidate in any way whatsoever. That's the bottom line. And the reason Bernie Sanders, the devout, admitted socialist, is beating her is because, as we had somebody on earlier, they see her as the see him as the lesser of the two Democratic Options. Okay, you don't have to come in on that at all. Well, I, I guess I would say from what I picked up on the ground in Iowa and New Hampshire, I, it, it's two things. One, I do think that they uh, a lot of people who have voted for Bernie like his message. Uh, you know, whether it's the free college or looking at all these other expanded programs, they like those ideas genuinely. But I also do think that even for some of the younger people, there is a Clinton fatigue even for those who aren't very old. I mean, I saw another number just a few minutes ago, and of course now I can't find it when I had set it aside to talk to you, about the huge percentage of young people, of young voters, that Bernie Sanders got in New Hampshire, that when you look at stuff like that and you just see, even though he's old, I mean, he's older than her, I think, yeah, he is, uh, he has been able to capture that younger demographic and that sort of younger 
uh, aged voter in a way that she can't even come close to doing right now because they see her, rightly or wrongly, as a thing of the past. And there, you know, how odd is it that you have Clinton fatigue with kids, basically, you know, young people, young voters who haven't known her for very long? They, weren't, in, they weren't even born doing Hillary King. Yeah, exactly. They, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> they weren't even born when Bill Clinton was president. So for them, it's a total history book yeah. kind of thing. And yet she just is not... Um, bringing anything to the table for them. And, and longer term, I do think that is an issue. And, and, and also, you look at the numbers of people who voted. It went down in Iowa among Democrats. It went down in Iowa among Democrats. It went up among Republicans. And so uh, that tells you that there's a lot more zip on the GOP side right now than the Democrats. Well, I stated earlier that I believe her campaign is in free fall. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I get what you're saying. It's a It's a difficult time for her, but like even... Uh, some of the Republicans, there is still time to right the ship and get things going in the right direction. But as I said to you yesterday, once things begin going sideways in a race for president, boy, that can they, they can go they can go off the rails really, really fast. I mean, just look at yesterday. You know, you were right. You thought that uh, that that Carly Fiorina and Chris Christie would be out of the race soon. And yesterday they uh, they both got out, even after uh, making it. Carly said on election night that she was staying around. It is so difficult, I think, for people to understand why everybody gets out either before Iowa, New Hampshire, or after Iowa, after New Hampshire. The money dries up first off. It just you know right away when things are going the right way, and you know when they're they're going the wrong way. Oh yeah. And when they start going the wrong way, you're just not picking up anything. There's no momentum. There's nothing there. And, you know, think back four years ago. Everybody talks about, uh, I got a lot of uh, people wondering this year, well, why did Rick Santorum do so badly this year? And I guess I would argue that the reason he did so well four years ago was he was the right person in the right place at the right time. He was the one who survived to be sort of the anti-Romney candidate uh, in the Republican uh, primaries last time. So who's going to survive to be either the the anti-Trump or the anti-Cruz, as it looks right now? You know, could it be that it's just those two, that they're going to be the ones who will battle? Or could it be that it's a Rubio that survives or a Kasich that survives or a Jeb Bush that survives? We don't know the answer to that question right now, but not everybody can stick around forever. That's why I always frown on the idea of the brokered convention, because it's just so hard to stay around if you're not winning. Oh, I would agree. Well, do you believe that Ben Carson's campaign is in free fall? Well, let's put it this way. He did not really do much in the way of campaign work in New Hampshire when he was there for those few days. I mean, he did a little, but did you see him in the mix at all? No. no. Um, so I, I, I look at it right now. You can, you can keep one of those efforts going, but it doesn't mean you're in the mix. And right now I would say that there's a two-level thing going on for the Republicans. There's Trump and Cruz, and then there's Bush, Rubio, Kasich. And then there's Carson over here. And I don't really see him playing that big of a role. And when you start getting all kinds of people talking about, well, is he going to drop out and endorse anybody? Yeah, that's not the conversation you want to be having right now. You want the conversation to be about the others dropping out or something like that. So I don't know that I'd say he's in a free fall, but uh, to me, he's certainly going the wrong way. Let's just say he's, he's sort of stalled out in, air, in air, airplane terms. Now, here's the thing. My prediction, and I, like I said, I don't like to make predictions, but... Um, Kristen Fiorina, they literally got out of the race quicker than I thought. I think in case of Ben Carson, and this is an opinion, that his staff is basically uh, pumping him up to try to get him to stay in through South Carolina. He got single low digits in Iowa, single low digits in New Hampshire, 
and they're expecting a miracle in South Carolina. Yeah, that doesn't happen that, that way. That doesn't add up. It well, just here's the other thing, Herman. To me, the, the schedule, I always say this, the schedule tells a story. And sorry, but when you go home to do laundry or get clothes or anything, and then you don't, then you stop off in D.C., and then you finally get to New Hampshire and you don't have an active schedule, that tells me a lot. Yeah. I mean, you've got to show me as a reporter and you've got to show people as a voter that you're ready to slug it out and fight it out. If you don't think you're going to do well in New Hampshire, then my argument would be go to South Carolina directly and just work there, you know, and, and have it all to yourself. But when you don't even do that, he's there now. He's doing events. But I just think that sometimes when you look at the way people decide and how they decide to do their stuff, that sends a big message about wh where you are in the race. I would agree. Well, I'm looking over my shoulder uh, as we're talking in the, the Black Caucus. They've gotten some media attention making that formal endorsement. Of yeah, Hillary and where are, they, where are they doing this event? It's at the offices of the Democratic National Committee yes. here in D.C. What They couldn't find any other place. I mean, to me, that sends such a message that the, the Black Caucus gets together for an event at the Democratic National Committee headquarters to endorse somebody running in the Democratic primary, you would think you might want to stay away from there because you've got, you know, a race that is unsettled at this point in time. But that's where they decided to do it. And to me, that raises issues, obviously, of the heavy hand of the DNC trying to put its thumb on the scale for Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. Just like they have done in terms of these debates, because I happen to believe that part of that strategy was let's expose Hillary as little as possible to the general public and to Democrat voters, but it hasn't worked because a lot of people are still getting uh, information about her lack of trustworthiness and a lot of other factors. And I think, like, now I do agree with you that part of it uh, with respect to Bernie Sanders isn't just the anti-Hillary thing. They're listening to his message about all the free stuff. And they just don't realize, if you pull back the curtain, there's no such thing as all free stuff. Here is something very interesting. I just saw this tweet from uh, Democrat Keith Ellison, who is a Democratic lawmaker from Minnesota in the Congress. And he says the Congressional Black Caucus has not endorsed. This is the Congressional Black Caucus Political Action Committee that he says has endorsed without input from the membership of the Black Caucus, quoting here, including me. Oh! Yeah, how about that? So uh, we, we seem to have a little division within the Black Caucus as to uh, what exactly is going on here. So sort of an interesting little thing there. Oh, I'll put now, this up on Twitter right now. Now that's significant. Yeah, yeah, it is, because it's, that means that there's a little divide within the Democrats uh, who might want to look at something else and and see what's going on. So, yeah, that's from Keith Ellison, who is a well-known well Democratic lawmaker from Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, that would, uh, that's sort of, uh, here, let's get this out on that is, right now. That's right. That's division amongst the Black Caucus, Congressional Black Caucus. If the um, Political Action Committee is saying, well, we're going to go ahead and make the endorsement anyway and on our own. Well, <laughs> That's interesting. That just means it's just going to fall more and more on a lot of deaf ears. They don't have the clout that they think that they used to have because I believe that their credibility as a caucus in Congress on behalf of black people, Jamie, has uh, gone down so bad that they don't have the clout that they used to. Just like 
I hate to say it, Al Sharpton doesn't have the influence that he thinks that he used to have. Well, that, there will be some black down. Democrats who will go down to the Palmetto State to do some work for Hillary Clinton down there. I think you should look for that to happen. So a lot going on within both parties. Look, every you know, again, I would say this. Don't oversell this, though, as like the divide that can never be healed. Remember, a lot of people told me eight years ago, and I didn't believe this, that Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, their schism would divide the party and they'd never win. Yeah, that didn't work out. But always in the primary, sometimes it's a little uh, bare-knuckled at times. Well, it certainly is. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, Herman. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show.